Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast where we talk to some of the world's most exciting founders and entrepreneurs about how they started and grew and scaled their businesses. Expect three parts actionable advice, two parts startup stories, and one amazing giveaway every single episode. As I said, we do have a giveaway at the end of every episode, so stay tuned to find out how you could win. Let's get into it. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're joined by the amazing founder and CEO of Yup London, Paris Quiet. Paris, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's a pleasure. I guess the first place to start would be, um, what is Yup for listeners who don't know, and how did it start? Straight in. Straight in there. <laughs> yup, we're, we're a creative agency. Um, we mainly work about 90% of our business in the music industry. Um, so most of our team come from the music industry. And we do campaigns in general so physical digital um try and make things the the dreaded word viral um and you know try and grow bands really um we work with massive bands we work with really small bands um that's kind of what we do we just try and do cool creative shit for people who can't do it themselves (laughs) um that's kind of what we do we also do work outside music um mainly get into it in a bit but mainly pivoted through covid and all that Mm -hmm. but yeah, that, that was going to be, it's quite a natural next question that yeah. COVID must have basically disrupted pretty much everything you were doing for bands. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. It fucked, fucked it. us. <laughs> <laughs> like, genuinely <laughs> fucked us. Like, you know, we started and we had a booming start to our business first year. Uh, booming start to our year. It was epic. Everything was amazing. And then COVID just came and slapped us right in the face. We had yeah. so many campaigns lined up and they just like all disappeared one after the other. And it was challenging yeah um ultimately if people don't know with the music industry if people aren't touring they've got no money people don't make money from releasing albums or singles or anything like that like nothing they only make money from touring so as soon as all the tours got cancelled no one had money so we got fucked basically <laughs> <laughs> and, you know you're doing all these best laid plans of our you know financial projections and all this sort of shit it was basically just let's just rip that up <laughs> and start again so we had to pivot really quickly um into kind of new industries um and then we started picking up different different random random things dating app um which was a curveball which has been amazing cbd company um esports company cryptocurrency that's quite a range (laughs) (laughs) the thing is is we've always made sure that well i've always made sure that clients we bring in the team will enjoy yeah i don't want to work for life insurance <laughs> yeah the thing is like, you know what i see lots of agencies and they make bank from doing stuff for like solicitors firms and all yeah. that sort of shit and it's like that's so dull so boring <laughs> and one of the ethos is with us is you know the whole young unprofessionals right we want to do fun interesting cool campaigns so we kind of we try and avoid that stuff so all the all the new stuff we brought on was you know cbd dating apps interesting things that mm-hmm. the guys get behind because if they can't get engaged in it it's just yeah what's the point yeah you can because that's what I want for my company. I want people to enjoy it, not just, oh, I'm churning it. Like, social media especially can turn into one of those things where you're churning out content for the sake of content. And we've never wanted to, we've always wanted to avoid that. But with those sorts of companies, you just do. It's all just CTA, sell, sell, sell. And it's just like... You're quite a big proponent of, like, you didn't, you said this to me before, you don't just run the company for your the profit you run it because it's fucking fun no. you have a good time doing it i made shitloads more when i was fucking working with someone <laughs> <laughs> it was but i worked in i worked in really hardcore sales environments where everything was about the result didn't matter how the fuck you got it 
sell, 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 and you drove your team into the ground, work 24 hours a day, doesn't, don't give a shit, you just sell shit to make as much money as possible. And I worked in that for a very long time, and I made good money from it, and you know, I've, I've, had, I've profited from it in the long run, but I realized what I wanted to, what I wanted to create and something completely opposite, where people actually enjoy what they do and people can grow and a real environment to kind of where people love working there and people want to work for you and they enjoy it and yeah just people get what they deserve rather than just like work as hard as you can and then you know i hate this whole there's such this um viewpoint in work like you just gotta work harder or you just gotta you know stiff up a lip just keep going you're ill i don't care just work <laughs> and all this shit and it's like life's so fucking short like you can't you can't live like that and that's why I want my business, my my place of work to be a complete opposite of that. You know, if people are even a little bit ill, you know, you go home. If people are feeling a bit stressed, don't worry. We'll sort it out. Like, it's always about looking after them. Because then when they are there, they work their asses off and they will give everything to you. But as long as you look after them as much as possible. But most workplaces don't do that. Yeah. I found. From everywhere I've been, in sales. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you don't give the buy-in yourself, you're not going to get the buy-in back from from the same exactly and it's the thing i enjoy like i'm actually not the most creative person i own and run a creative agency (laughs) (laughs) i'm naturally not the most creative person but my i've brought a lot of a big team around me that are and i'm there to facilitate them and i and that's what i enjoy making people be the best they can be and further themselves whether it's with us or not you know if people leave and they go into a better job i might posit I've given you skills and I've helped you develop to, to do that. So I'm not kind of, I don't know my point, but. <laughs> just, yeah. How big is the team now? Uh, eight, 17. 17. So you've gone zero to 17 in under three years, yeah. which is pretty rapid. So how has it been? How's that process been? How have you managed to keep, you've obviously grown pretty quickly. How do you manage to keep the culture and make sure that everyone's being treated properly? Because like, you know, it's pretty easy to treat three people well, right? Like I've had to do it myself. I can treat three people. It's, it's manageable. Yeah. 17 it gets slightly harder. So like, what's that? How do you manage that? So the growth point is really difficult. Like as you bring in new people, like that's been the biggest challenge I've had as a business owner is growing. Mm-hmm. Everything else I find simple, but it's the growing that's hard. You bring in new people. And I think the first, the first thing is making sure that my management team have the same ethos as me. So everything that I do, I have to make sure that my values come across to them to make sure that, you know, cause I have to make sure that my values feed through the whole company. And the way I do that is making sure that I'm the most approachable person in the company. Everyone comes to me. It's not, Oh, you're a CEO. You can't talk to me. I'm the one always going oh, How are you? What are you doing with this? To, you know, we've got like two bloody like junior social media people who just, you know, they've only just started. But I still probably spoke to them more than like their own managers because I want to make sure they're okay. And so it's almost like I lead by example. So if my team, if my management team aren't doing that, then they know there's something wrong. If they're like, he's talking to them more than me. I need to do that. I need to make sure that happens. Um, and I'm just very, I'm very strict on that stuff in terms of development and making sure they check in with them. And I, it's one of those things I learned from being a manager with bigger teams before this was like, if anything goes wrong, it's your fault as a manager, not that person's. Rather than first look at, oh, well, you've made that mistake. You look at yourself and go, okay, did I not communicate that? 
Have I not given them enough training? Have I not given them enough? You look at yourself first mm. and then that always breeds a culture of people trying to help each other and looking at themselves more than, oh, that person's not doing that or that person's not doing that. And I think those sorts of values that I've kind of gained over the years has kind of just filtered through, I think. You know, and we, and, and, you know, we do things, we do have fundamental things that we do like fuck it Fridays, which is like, Basically, the Friday afternoon, everyone just stops working and we just drink and do creative shit, for fun, um, you know. And we just we just try and keep things easy. Yeah. There's no like, there's no other objective there. Is there on fucking Fridays? Nothing, just, not whatsoever. Most of the time, it's like a theoretical company. It's yeah. just like for the for the sake of it, just be creative. Because sometimes, it, sometimes with brands, it can get a little bit mundane, and so it's important that everyone. Everyone comes to my company because they want to have fun and they want to be creative. And so sometimes they'll be working on a project and it's like, yeah, but that gives them an outlet to kind of just be creative for the sake of being creative. You, you need that. You need the, the chilled out, relaxed, kind of anyone can talk to anyone environment to be able to cultivate that creative environment. Become another marketing agency. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's very boring. You know, most marketing agencies I know, they just like... You know, clients come to us and they're like, oh, KPIs and all this shit and blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't, I don't do KPIs. Not one client I've ever taken. Gone, oh, so you're going to get this or you're going to get that. You're going to get that. No, we're the wrong agency for you. Don't do it. Because in marketing, you can't put numbers on most of it. Don't get me wrong. You can do page and all that sort of shit. Click-throughs and all that jazz. But in general, you look at, you look at the, all the most successful brands in the world Apple, Coke, all that sort of shit. 99% of the marketing has no KPIs whatsoever because they can't, they can't actually market. All the millions and hundreds of millions they spend on billboards, Christmas adverts, all that sort of shit. They have no clue how much that's actually making. Like the, the tracking is just not there. It's impossible. But they're the most successful because all they focus on is the brand and getting the brand out there brand awareness and communicating what they stand for to the people where when you're a brand that just focuses on conversion and sales and all that shit, modern people are very, very aware when they're being sold to. And if you focus on that shit, then you just won't be successful. Maybe short term, long term you won't. And that's what I say to clients. I'm like, there's just no point. That's really interesting. Uh, last episode, we spoke to George and Ryan from Cowshed Social mm-hmm. and they differed slightly in their opinion of KPIs, but the one thing they said that matched what you said exactly was that people know when a piece of content is just a sales pitch. Like uh, people are savvy now, so you can't. You could probably get away with it like five, ten years ago, yeah, a little bit. But you just can't get away with basically pitching people twenty four seven. When it comes to socials, people either want to laugh at something, find something like inspirational. Or just like visually, it's like engaging or clever or something like that. Mm-hmm. If it's not one of those things, then they just, whatever. You know, we've all scrolled past a million ads because there's so many agencies <laughs> out there that tell people we could do all this shit, blah, blah. Everyone scrolls past that shit. You know, don't get me wrong. They play the numbers because they'll put out a million ads. So yeah, you know what? A thousand people are going to click on it and maybe 10% of those will buy. And it's like, look, we sold X amount. But really in the long term, it just doesn't, doesn't work it's not building brand is it exactly yeah. that's the most important fundamental thing and it's 
it's one of the things where we get a lot of clients or potential clients come to us and they're like, we just want you to do paid media for us. We're like, no, what's the point? Uh, if we're not doing the brand and building all this sort of, there's so much more fundamental things that you need to do before you push it like that. And so, but they don't understand. They're like, no, but I need to sell shit. I need to sell shit. It's like, it will come. But people need to understand your brand, what you stand for. You know, people, people want more from products these days. They don't want just, oh, okay. Like you can have the sickest product in the world and it do, you know, can solve fucking cancer. But if you can't make people identify with it and be like, oh, that brand represents me or that I identify with something, their beliefs or blah, blah, blah. They just won't, they just won't buy into it. It's marketing's really simple. It's just understanding humans and humans want to identify with things. And that's all you have to do. It's not, marketing's not rocket science. You know, like not one of my team have a marketing degree. Not one. Don't get me wrong. If someone came and they're amazing, they had a marketing degree, you would employ them. <laughs> it's not like uh, you're not allowed. But it's one of those things where, like I think marketing is just, all it's about is understanding people and how people's brains work. And that's just, yeah. Just how do you hire them? How have you hired the 17 team members that you've got? So the first kind of half are all people we knew. Okay. Which has its ups and its downs. Ups, everyone's like either worked with them before on projects or this or that. So you understand their skill sets, you understand their work ethic, which especially at the start was really important because we needed people who could just, we knew just would get on with it. Um, and it, it's good, but it's also, there are drawbacks because sometimes relationships get in the way of things and management, you know, Oh, but that's my friend. I don't really want to tell them off. Or, <laughs> um, but it, it it worked. And then we actively stopped doing that because we had a core that was like, okay, these people are good, but we need to kind of, you almost need fresh blood, especially because when it was our friends, a lot of them were a similar age to us. And in marketing terms, we're quite old. Like, I'm 32. <laughs> I'm 33 in 10 days. <laughs> On 29th. Oh, nice. 10 days? 8 days, whatever. Um, and most of the kind of senior management rules similar, similar to me. And then things like TikTok came around. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, it's like six months into this boom of TikTok and I'm like speaking to the whole team and it's like, oh, so who's been using TikTok? I was like, nah, 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 nah. Like, no one's using it. So I'm like, shit, well, how are we meant to market? How are we meant to use these things if no, none of our age demographic is, is doing it? So we went through an active sort of bringing in younger people. So most of the people we brought in after that were like our age, basically. <laughs> youths. <laughs> youths of today. This guy on TikTok though. By the way. Are you TikTok <laughs> he's, famous? He's not, not it's not TikTok. him though, is it? No, it's just, just a little meme account. It's it's not my face. Okay, uh, fine. But um yeah, it's doing all right. Rita yeah. Aura follows him. How many what? <laughs> she does. She does. I'm, I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've only got like maybe like 26k followers, okay. but it's been about 26K. a month, a month and That's a half. Brilliant. I'll I'll take it, but she, she hasn't replied to my DM. So did you, did you I did, I did, I did, but she has not replied. So what was the line? I'll show you after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm not talk after. Um, but yeah, but things like TikTok, right? It's just. Still to this day, it's baffling to me. Well, not it's not because I've tried to actively like use it and get into it, and it does become addictive even at my age. Um, but we needed people who were like younger. We just advertised that crap on you know all the different websites and stuff, and got loads of different people coming. Nothing, 
nothing special in terms of how we employed these people. It took ages. Mm. We went through a lot of crap to get what we wanted because a lot of people came in and they gave us all this marketing, blah, blah, blah. And I, like, I don't really give a shit. And then I just wanted those people who were just hungry. Just yeah. like hungry, intelligent people. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can mold you. You might not know about, you know, click through rates and all that sort of shit, but I can, yeah, I can mold you. Um, so that's what we were really looking for. I didn't even look at people's CVs, what they'd studied I'm or what they'd done. To be honest, just doesn't matter. Like, Shweb, I hired because because of his personal brand. Yeah. Like, I didn't look at his CV. Any that we just put on, I didn't even know what her grades were until like two weeks into when she joined. She'd never posted on LinkedIn before. But we hired her because she had like, she was doing well on Instagram. She clearly had like the um, kind of nous, if you like, to take on herself, the responsibility to, to build something for herself. So like, I'm the same, I like, didn't hire based on CVs or anything. CVs are bullshit. Just but we're all like book smart as well. Yeah. It's really weird. We're a company of like book smart people, but I didn't check anyone's CV. <laughs> yeah, but that's, but I find that you, you know, you interview people, you know, after five minutes, like, oh, like yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. You're my people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially especially when we we're in the early stages and we were bringing people in, we're a small team. So you, they have to be like your people. They have to be on your level in terms of things because you're such a small team. One bad egg can just fuck the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you've got to make sure that they're the right personality and everything else you can work on. You know, you can give training and development. You know, we do lots of like, you know, we pay for lots of courses and lots of other things for people to learn and upskill themselves and those sorts of things because they don't necessarily have all the skill sets that we need at the start but if they have the right personality and the right drive then that's what you need but most successful people most you know look at nearly all the top top successful people in the world they're not these like oh i you know i studied this and i did this and i was all like blah blah it's just people who are driven and just like i'm just gonna do it i would love like my dream would be that even half my team leave me at some point and they start their own businesses and they've all got it in them like, and that's what I like. People who are just driven. I don't need to give them direction or anything like that. They're just like, they act like this is their company and they're just going to drive it in any way. And they'll come to me with suggestions about stuff that's got nothing to do with them. But they're just like, oh, we could do this better or we could do that better. Yeah. And it's like, that's what I love. They're almost going to like grab their, their role by the horns and just drag the company up with them, exactly. if you like. Well, it's one of those things. They see it as an opportunity, right? And I also, how I, how I sell it to them. It's like... Ultimately, you're coming in at the ground floor. We've only been alive for like two and a half years. Like, you're coming in at the ground floor. As we grow, you're, you know, our, like one of our senior graphic designers started out as a junior graphic designer. And now she's making good money. She's 24. She's probably making more money than any, like, not any 24-year-old, but any 24-year-old graphic designer, like working for someone because she stayed with us from when she first came in straight out of university. No experience, but she just worked so hard. Stay with me, Shrove. <laughs> <laughs> it, comes, it, does, it comes though, because especially it's, it's loyalty is so important, I think. It's so important. And it's, if I think I will always give my all to my team, but then I expect it back. So with, um, with COVID, obviously, and, yeah. and growing, growing a team within that, yeah. and you've talked about culture a little bit, how did you kind of maintain that, that everything you've just said, but, you know, digitally, and when you're not able to see those people, how did you retain that? Um, it was a massive challenge. We actually moved into our first office um, a month before COVID. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> Time. Two year lease. Oh, <laughs> no. Um, which was painful. Um, but and we spent the first month just decorating it. We, we didn't even, weren't even in it. Like basically just when it was like fully furnished, like, cause it was just a big room. 
Mm-hmm. So we had to buy everything, yeah. we'll do all that sort of shit. And by the time it was actually habitable for everyone mm-hmm. to work, it was like, yeah, nah, everyone's got to go. <sighs> I was like, cool. Did you manage to squeeze in a company social just before COVID? No. Uh, <laughs> Not no. We, we, we actually stopped. We actually stopped using the office before it was like legally. Yeah. To, right. I felt a responsibility to just go, you know what? Let's just work from home for now and see what happens. And then a week later, I was like, yeah, no. So I was like, cool. Um, so we didn't, unfortunately. Um, we've still got a Christmas party from last year. We need to. It's going to be a heavy one. Am, this year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, the budget's still saved. Big. <laughs> um, you know what? The main thing that we tried to make sure we did was have a lot of FaceTime. I think when we first started, everyone was just doing like calls all the time. You know what, let's no more calling. Everything is Zoom. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's ten minutes, just Zoom. Every morning, 9.30, everyone gets on a call. Every single morning. Um, and it's, a lot of time, there's not much to say. But it's, it's just, you know, morning. It's, it's me waffling for 10, 15 minutes, kind of going through all the clients and shit. And, you know, if anyone else has got anything to say, or blah, blah, blah. Classic. And, um, but just FaceTime was really important and to engage. And then one of the big things is the fuck it Friday things was brought in through COVID. It was a digital, it started off digital. And like one of the things we used to do is like each graphic designer had to make a background for the each week. So it was the there to do a background. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Class. And they did it across the whole team. <laughs> the some one? of them were horrific. <laughs> um, one, one of them did. Remember those four guys, the big beefy guys who did the, the, the song. Yeah. Yeah. The one in Birmingham, the, they're outside Birmingham station. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the backgrounds was like, how's the song? Basically- <laughs> 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 um, but one of the backgrounds was like the four directors, like me, Ben, blah, blah, our heads like placed on top of it. It's brilliant. <laughs> it was like everyone's background for the whole of fuck it Fridays. Um, but that was just a real kind of, because what happened when you're in an office, you get so much social interaction with people that's not work related, which is really important. Even if it's just getting coffee with someone or having a quick drink afterwards or having lunch together, you get all these things that are really important. Because if you just talk work all the time, things become well, I guess mundane, right? And mm. boring. Um, so the Fuck It Fridays was meant to kind of go against it. But it was like, there was a period of time where we all spent together, which wasn't work-related. Because otherwise, like, I found it horrible. Like every morning, people would be like, morning, morning, morning. And I'd be like, morning, can you do this? And that, yeah. do you know, that's how your day would start. Where in an office, everyone comes in, has the coffee, has a little chat, does all that shit, but that feels very forced when it's like written. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, you had to, we, we decided we had to put something in place where it was like, everyone can chat, everyone can have a good time. Um, and we just play games and like quizzes and creative, like we used to come up with like a project, put people in groups and they'd all come back and like present their like creative marketing mm. campaign for this like random thing or whatever. And just for people to have fun really. Um, yeah. So that, I think that was a big help. Um, and then after lockdown, we've carried it going. Um, it's a lot more alcohol fueled now. <laughs> <laughs> well, even at, at the start, we did actually provide everyone with like alcohol and stuff. We used to like send nice. beers and shit like that. That's cool. Um, which was cool. But we've now, yeah, now it's a lot more just like we'll go out and intend on doing Fuck It Fridays, but it gets to about four and then everyone's like, yeah, let's <laughs> just carry on drinking. Fuck, fuck It Fridays. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a big important part um, of, of getting through COVID because, you know, people, I think people downplay the 
mental strain it had on so many people. You know, we had lots of team members who lived by themselves. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's like in prison getting put in solitary. You know, it's the same sort of thing. It's mentally yeah. really challenging. And it was important to me that as a company, we supported people through that. And that's why we did the Funny Fridays and I made sure that everyone Zoomed rather than called. And um, I think those are the main key kind of things that we did to try and combat it. Do I think we did the best? Maybe we could have done better. But it's one of those things. It was all so quick and so sudden. It was just like every company just had to make decisions yeah. how they were going to do it. And some companies probably did it better than others. But apart from one person, our team, it's all still there. It's grown yeah, in that period. Clearly paid dividends. So it's done all right. It's done very well. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it comes from my management team and stuff because they're just so people focused. Yeah. And that's, and that's what people want. So it's kind of, I think we did all right. Yeah, still I think survived. Which a lot of companies that right. didn't. But we've, we've, we've done all right. We've survived for it. Yeah. Yeah, you've, I think you've done very well out of it and clearly doing some pretty incredible work now, which I really want to talk about because <laughs> some of the campaigns you guys have done, have, you know, you can tell you've got this kind of creativity fueled yeah. team behind you. Uh, recently announced Angels and Airwaves album launch yep. from actual space, like, <laughs> like actually in can space. Can I say that was actually my idea? Was it? Was I, it? I, I, I say, I'm not that creative. I'm not that creative, but we were in a session and I was like, so Tom DeLong, who's like the, the lead singer, you know, Blink-182? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tom DeLong, big guy. Anyway. Um, so he's got a real, not obsession, but like he's, he, he does a lot around space and he's really interested in um, kind of ex extraterrestrial stuff and all that sort of shit. And we were talking about that and I was just like, I saw a YouTube video of some dude, I can't remember it, random YouTube video, and this guy basically sent a baguette up to space. <laughs> and it, it was just like a science experiment. It was like, send it to space and see if you can eat it when it comes back down. And I saw that video like the two days before, it was randomly, and we started talking about angels. And I was like, oh, okay, so that's possible. That's actually something you can do. Like, and then we were like, research it, went to the label, and we're like, so we want to do this from space. Right? <laughs> and they're like, how much is that going to cost? a lot <laughs> it's a lot but they were like okay cool they spoke to tom uh they came back and were like yeah let's do it and i was like really <laughs> like, yes um so yeah so we so the, the album announced basically no one knew that the album was going to be announced it was all kind of complete surprise um and basically we recorded this big screen going up that had the Ava, like basically it was, you didn't really know what it was. It was just the screen going up and it had the Ava logo kind of like popping off to, and then it just had like a random date and like some sounds and then it ends with like it all falling back to earth stuff. So it was all, even though it announced it, it was still quite cryptic. It never necessarily said this is yeah. the album announced, but it had a date on it. And if you know music, yeah. you're like, yeah. oh, the band that haven't released an album for three years have just spent the <laughs> space with this date no, on it. Coming. What does that mean? Um, and then, you know, Reddit and all that pops off. Everyone's like, oh my God, like da, 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 da. Viral on Reddit, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Which was sick. Um, so yeah, so then yeah, we, we announced it from space. Nice. Results good? Yeah. yeah. But like, well, the, the album smashed it. Like the album's done a lot better than even I think the label like expected. Yeah. Um, so most of the tour sold out. Um, really happy with stats. Um, and we're really happy with what we did. You know, we did some real cool, interesting things with that one. Like we made a, a random website where it went out to fans. It was a blank website. 
that just you put in name, email, your home address, right? Um, and people were like, well, why am I putting... <laughs> but it just had the Ava logo on. So Ava fans who are obsessed, they're just like, okay, I'll put my home address in. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. It was literally just black with the Ava logo on. And then um, we chose 20 other people just like randomly. And we sent them this cassette player with a cassette tape in it um, that had this audio that was... It was Tom recording it, but it didn't sound like Tom. It was just like a, it meant to sound like it was from space. You're like, <laughs> and he's talking about coordinates and he's going, and it's basically like almost um, like a spaceship talking to like the base and whatnot and like saying all these coordinates and shit and like numbers and all this sort of stuff. And all of it correlated to tour dates, times, locations, all that sort of shit. But the thing we were relying on was that one of those 20 people would share it because it's like, what the fuck is this? This yeah. just came in my, yeah. this just came in my, in the post. Wasn't even expecting it. I didn't know it was coming. They just got this cassette tape with Ava on it and they're just like, cool. And then they shared it and then, yeah, that went viral. I was going to say that. And stuff. People Basically were like, doing oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? It was <laughs> fascinating because like the day that it was this, this girl, she posted it on Reddit and, and it was just following the Reddit and all these people like working out stuff like, oh, this means that and that means this and this means that. And it's funny when, when they're completely off. Really, <laughs> like, like, but not quite there. Um, but it, it was just fast. It was, it's really fun when you can almost play with the audience mm. and stuff. And it's just like quite fun. And you know, they've gone out of their way to like look at maps and coordinates and do this. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, oh, it's about New York. I don't know what's going on in New York. Da, da, da. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Do you know what? That's that's audience engagement, but on another level. Like that's not just people. When you say engagement, people are like okay, likes, comments, people sharing your content. That is audience engagement on another level. Mm-hmm. Like people literally like decoding your marketing campaign. But that's what that's what's fun about working with big brands, especially is like you have this really engaged audience, so you can play with it. You know, you can you know, you have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who will try and work out something mm. and play with them. You don't need to be as explicit as with other brands where you've mm. got to be like, I really need to sell this USP and this USP and this USP and make it really clear and all this sort of shit. You know, it, with those sorts of artists and bands, you just put stuff out there into the ether and let them do the work. And if you let them do the work, it's always more viral. It's always people are more engaged in it and you just... Yeah. And it's also that kind of campaign, as you were saying earlier, like you can't always put a number on it or on the performance of it. Exactly. But for that the fan base like that, that would be huge. The social conversation on there bet- between fans and, and the way that the fans then view the artist, well, you know, it'll be dramatically different if, if you did, you know, your generic kind of marketing campaign as well. Like the sending shit to space. That was so fucking expensive. <laughs> I have no way to say if that actually, <laughs> you know, contributed to any sales for that album. But it was fucking cool. And people who follow Ava like that's fucking cool. Yeah. And that and that adds value. Um so yeah. Oh, you got to talk about it on a podcast, so it's worth it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Every penny of age and I'm, I'm gonna start thinking more about things I can do so that I can like go on podcasts. <laughs> and just like really interesting things. You have done some some pretty cool stuff. You've yeah golf in like every location ever basically middle of london to the three peaks yeah. uh, who was that for uh a, a brand called square banana so it was this guy who um guy who wanted to like make golf cool yeah 
So we had to like brainstorm like weird, interesting things to do. One of the things was obviously like central London and shit. And we started playing golf literally on like Oxford Circus. So like <laughs> this whole team of people just waiting for, you know, when it all goes red. Everyone's crossing, <laughs> and then we're like, oh, quick, play, play around the golf <laughs> things. And then going around like South Bank and doing all that sort of cool shit. Um, and then we did like the three peak challenge with three different golf, um, like golfing ranges. So it was like one golf spot did one of the peaks, another golf spot, another peak. And each one was 18 holes, 18 holes, golf spot, like hill, mountain. <laughs> that was hill. hard work. Mountain. <laughs> the first golf game ever. Yeah. The best way it was meant to be, like extreme, it was meant to be interesting. Um, and it's, you know, it, it engaged a lot more people because golf is boring. Like, I like playing. <laughs> I actually like playing golf. It's fucking boring. Um, and so we were trying to make it, like, yeah, it's cool and interesting. Yeah. That was some really cool shit. Like we made a game, we made a, a 16-bit game for a bank called Cabell Attack. That's awesome. Um, really enjoyed that. That was fucking amazing. Party on top of a London bus? Yes. Top deck of a London <laughs> we bus? did that. Yeah, Young Guns. That was cool. That must have been awesome. Um, but we, we always try and do random shit, like... Because that's what's fun. It's just about getting sign-off. The yeah. amount of ideas. We have this bank of, like, mental <laughs> ideas, right? They just never get signed off. People are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit too far. A bit too far. And it's like, come on, just let us do them. <laughs> so it's nice when things actually get, like, signed off and you can you can do things so it's yeah is there any idea that you've had that even you've thought okay this is a bit too far or is there no limit um yeah definitely i, I always come up with one everyone lets me like what you want to do um we've had a few ideas for the dating app that we worked with palm and it was just like yeah no you've, you've gone a little you've gone a little <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, we did do a like the we did do a billboard campaign for them, which was the what was it? It was basically like it was about an injury you'd get from like swiping. Oh uh, yeah, we did a campaign in the, in London yeah. for that, which was yeah like a pandemic of like yeah strained thumbs from mm-hmm. swiping too much because upon the dating app that we work for, um, it's all about making like real connections and stuff, and you kind of you have to almost look through their profile and. Like Pom, basically, it matches you for your taste in music, mm-hmm. um, which is you know hasn't been done before. Um, it's doing really well, which is amazing. Um, but it was all about real connections and people having their Tinder. It's all about we all know, right? It's about getting through as many as you can, see who matches with you. Um, and so we were kind of poking fun at, at that fact. And we did that, but basically, it was that times like a hundred that we were mm. going to do, and we were just like. Yeah, let's not let's 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 <laughs> dial back a bit. Yeah, let's dial back a bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your process like? So from from working like agreeing to work with a client to delivering, what's your process like for coming up with ideas? Do you just kind of like all get together and go gung ho? Is it slightly more structured? Uh, it's 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 more structured. It's important. Mm. Like I've learned over a while that if you just throw a load of people into a room and go do it, it can just be really inefficient but just kind of everyone just waffles for a while and just it doesn't you don't really get anywhere mm. um so what we normally do is once we've like signed off with the client i'll set a team that are on that project um so you get like one account manager who's like serious one <laughs> <laughs> you get like a creative um you get like like a senior creative you get a senior graphic designer you get like a junior creative junior graphic designer and they're all on that thing and they basically get together and, and kind of brainstorm shit. 
Mm. Um, you know, but it starts off with the account manager will control that. So the account manager, we have a process of looking at like spending time with the client and really working out what their goals are. Cause I'm sure you're aware you work with many clients. Most of the time when people say what their goals are, they're not necessarily what their goals are. And you have to kind of <laughs> dig a bit Deep deeper a little bit. and kind of yeah. get more and more information from them. You know, cause so many are like, Oh, I want this, I want that. And then, Actually, it's like you, they just want to be famous or they just want to be like the things they don't want to say what they want to be. So it's just like you just have to kind of really etch that out. Because if you don't really get to the bottom of what they want at the start, then you're going to fail. And you don't, you don't even know why. They'll just be like, oh, I'm not happy with this. And it's like, even though you've delivered everything that they've said, but it's not actually what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So anyway, account manager basically translates what this person wants. And then they get stuck together with like the creatives and stuff. And they just have a kind of session where the account manager will lead it and be like, look, this is kind of what we want to achieve. And it's kind of, because it has to be loose. It's not too, it's not, it's never KPIs. It's never this, it's never that, blah, blah, blah. And then the team just come together and just do their magic. <laughs> which is, you know, which is, is, is what they're there for. And that's what they're, what they're paid for. Yeah. Just to kind of, you know, it's really casual. There's never time limits on things. It's kind of just spend some time just kind of having fun with it. Really looking at, Rivals, obviously, and what they're up to, and seeing if you can take any inspiration from that, and just kind of go from there. Really. What's been the most fun campaign that you've worked on? If you had to pick one, probably is Ava, just because they have the biggest budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a bonus. Isn't it? <laughs> it's the more money you've got to, to play with, the more fun you can have. Um, yeah, I'd say it was Ava or the Cabelatac game. That was fun because that was something we'd never done before. Mm. And it was just like, okay, can you make, it was like the client was like, can you make a game? We were like, I remember getting this email asking about it. And then, um, well, no, it wasn't even that. We, they came to us asking for creative ideas and we sent them a load of creative ideas. And one of them was, I'll make a game um, for the album launch. And it was like, all the fans got to do it and the top winner would get like prizes and all this sort of shit. They got the highest score. And they were like, yeah, we want to do that. Can you do it? there's <laughs> me and Ben like can we do that it's like I don't know <laughs> so we made some phone calls worked some shit out we're like I oh, know I think we can do this <laughs> so we go back and we're like cool yeah yeah let's make this game and it was just fun because especially because a lot of a lot of my team and us we're all gamers so to actually create our own game was like oh it's like fun and it was also good because the, the band were really into it they were like oh yeah we want you know because they they were all in the game themselves uh, so they were like yeah. oh I want to look like this and I want to have <laughs> this that does that and all this sort of shit and we could just like have so much like creative freedom and fun with it um, so yeah it was a lot of hard work because it was like a new element to what we've done before um, but it was yeah it was just fun because it was just, you could just yeah do it. so much freedom <laughs> exactly yeah. just yeah. well the freedom that you've got and, and the creativity is Obviously, you've been responsible for some pretty impressive campaigns, Thank some you. pretty fun ones to produce, and campaigns that have worked really well. Mm-hmm. Just to finish us off, can you kind of give some guidance on what you think other brands need to do in order to stand out with their own marketing in 2022? I guess it will be. How much are you paying me for this? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm selling, mate. Like, just give it out. What do brands need to do to make themselves stand out? I think like, you should bring it back right to the start. Like you almost need to be like, why am I selling this product? Like what's, what's the reason for it and what value does it add to people? Because 
it's one of those things where like like say a fork you sell a fork and you're like oh look it's pointy and it does this shit but then you have to be like what am i actually trying to solve and it's like oh i'm making eating easier right that's the that's the point you jump on not the fact that oh it's metal and it's got four prongs (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's going to make your life easier um so it's about it's about the human element and understanding how your product helps their life rather than you know lots of brand it's the reason apple do better than like samsung and all this shit because apple never tell you oh you know it's got 25 megapixels and all this sort of shit they don't give a shit about that they never tell you that they just say look it's cool (laughs) (laughs) where you go samsung or huawei or all that shit and all they do is they give you numbers which mean nothing to a human being they're just like okay i think that's good i think i have the best chip and the best camera and all this sort of shit and it's like no one cares they just want to know how it makes them feel and how it benefits them and those are the those are the key things you know People want to know the, like, and I say this, which I think isn't necessarily answering your question because if you stand, being able to stand out normally equates to like virality, right? Which is still to this day, anyone who promises you they can make something viral catch shit. That's a huge claim. It's impossible. It's impossible. Everyone thinks they have, (laughs) I have the magic. (laughs) Bullshit. Anything that goes viral, most of the time when things go viral, they've done about 25 different variations of that idea and one of them stuck. Mm. It's just, it's, it's very rare that people can just churn out viral content. It's, it's very rare. Even, you know, look at people who've made stuff go viral recently, like Thursday, like they've done a thing where they put the billboard, like the guy, I don't know if you saw the guy outside. Did we see it? Yeah. Of course we did. <laughs> but he did that with an old dating app. Really? Yeah. He did the same exact thing. Yeah. And it's about trying things and keep trying things and keep trying things to, to see what comes viral. So never focus on trying to make something viral. It's just not going to happen. You just have to focus on how your product makes people feel and improves their lives. If you do those two things, you're fine. Amazing. Paris, it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Hugely valuable for us and hopefully the audience as well. So yeah, really appreciate it. Where's the best place for people to check you out if they want to see more of your work? Oh shit. Uh, yuplondon.com or we'll ldn.com and uh, Instagram is yupldn and that's all we've got fuck Facebook and Twitter <laughs> <laughs> check them out guys yeah, yeah check us out <laughs> check them out because they got some amazing campaigns and doing great work Paris thank you so much Cheers. thank you for having me Hi guys, thank you for listening to that episode. I do hope you enjoyed it and found it as valuable as we did. What we're going to do for the giveaway in this episode is we're going to give away two free strategy sessions around building your personal brand. Myself and the rest of the team are going to work with you for a period of about two hours. We're going to deep dive into your business, your personal brand, where you want to go, and we're going to give you all the resources and tools that you need to go away and build a profitable personal brand yourself. It's going to be extremely valuable for you, something that we normally just reserve for our private clients. And if you want to win this giveaway, what I want you to do is leave us a review on your favorite podcast provider or uh, leave a review on one of our socials about how valuable you found this episode. Just stick it in the comments section of the share post and then send a screenshot of that to me on LinkedIn. My link will be in the show notes. That's all you've got to do. 
it'll take you about a minute to complete and that will put you in with a chance of winning this free strategy sessions one of two that we're going to give away for this episode so not one to be missed once again thank you very much for listening to this episode if you want to find out more about what we do at Corogo or just see more valuable content just like this please do follow us on all of the socials that are linked in the show notes